Hey everybody, we thought we could get by today without having to do a disclaimer, but unfortunately, as you will soon notice if you haven't already, uh, the audio quality of my microphone in this episode is not good whatsoever. We have no idea what happened. Um, it's much worse than episodes 1 and 2, but uh, luckily I listened to episode 4 and episode 5, which we've already recorded, and it sounds fine, it's just this one episode, so I do apologize if it sounds just quite awful to listen to. However, I think today's episode went great, I think we had a lot of laughs, a lot of jokes, and it was really good, so um, other than that, if you can get past the quality, it is a one-time thing, I will um, apologize and also thank you all for your uh, patience and for the love you've shown so far, so with that being said... I apologize for what you'll hear in terms of audio quality, but other than that, hey, here's the episode, guys. Hello, everybody. A little bit of an unprofessional start. I don't think Christian's out his microphone, but we're not going to hold it against him. Uh, This is another episode of Anything But Politics. This is going to be episode number three, and we're very excited to be bringing it to you. Uh, Let's see here. First episode was regarding us. Second episode was regarding music. Today's episode is regarding film. Uh, and we are very excited to be talking about it. In fact, uh, when Christian gets back to his microphone, he has some choice words for me, which will get us right into today's subject matter, which is a couple films that we had each other uh, watch. I said, hey, you should watch these films. He said, hey, you should watch these. We watched each other's movies and now have a little pile of things to talk about. Christian, you got your microphone yet? Yep, I'm here. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, let's... Let's start this out on a good note. Some positivity. Let's not. Yeah, let's not do funny games immediately. Let's t- let's just let's say the movies okay. we watched. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there's movies I watched, movies you watched. Today we will talk about. So, so let's go ahead. We are going to discuss. So, if you would like to fully understand everything that we're talking about, if you'd like to view these films ahead of time, go ahead and pause. Come back later. Watch. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Watch The Visit. I think that movie's from 2015. It's by M. Shyamalan. Watch Ex Machina by A21 Studios. What? A24? What's A21? Oh, well, messed that up. A24 Studios. Uh, and then we've got Funny Games, the 2007 version. I'm, I'm going to be very clear about that. And if it's the first time you've heard about that film, first off, I'm sorry. And second off, the 2007 version. There is another film by the same name made in 1997. And like I said, we'll talk more about that in a brief moment. But um, we'll also be touching on other things briefly. Uh, The movie Airplane. Um, I need to step out for just a second. I'm so sorry. You're okay. I'm just trying to do a fucking podcast. I mean, I'm just... Trying to do something professional with my life. I mean, we only dedicate, what, like an hour and a half a week to this? I mean, damn, it's not like I could give you any less of a schedule, man. I just take time out of my day. I just sit down in this fucking chair, and I'm like, you know what? Let's spit funnies at each other for a little while. And then during that dedicated time, just, you, you gotta go, gotta leave, gotta do better things. I guess something else more important came up. I get it, I get it. I understand. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. You're okay, man. I don't even care. Let's Welcome, everyone. Be prepared. Let's roll. This is going to be a wild one. And let's roll the intro. Hello, everybody. This is Jim and Christian. And you're listening to Anything But Politics. Fuck yeah. 
Love that song. Can't get enough of it. And I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, I, let's not lie to them. This is the third episode. We've still not heard the song. No, but I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud. I, yeah, be, I so bet you exciting. did amazing. And I bet that um, I bet that opening. Whew, crisp. Opening. All right, Jim. Where would you like to start? Personally, personally, I'd love to start with Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is the first one I watched. I think it's a good place to go. That way we can kind of ease into the more heavy stuff. Yeah, we'll start on a very light note um, with a little movie called Fantastic Mr. Fox. It is a uh, it's a Wes Anderson film. And I think I told you this after we stopped recording last episode, which is that I do watch this film every single night before I go to sleep. Um, I've seen this film probably upwards of 90... Yeah, hundred and twenty times. I'm looking at the wife. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get her in here. Uh, today's episode is going to be the first where we are uh, welcoming a special guest. We want to do this often. We want to find people who know about a subject. My wife went to college for film for three years, um, and we, we want to bring people in that kind of know about this stuff. People that we could talk to about it. So I'd like to go ahead and bring her on in. Uh, because she also knows about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, she introduced me to it, and that was her mistake, because like I said, I've watched it every single night um, for the last couple months. So here is your earbud. The wife is in the visuals. She's on screen, and um, we are we are married. So, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, kind of as, as your yes. film, as the film that I told you to watch... Um, Tell me, I mean, you start us out with how what you thought about it and what you think would be fun to pick apart about it. There's got to be some bit that you're like, you know what, this must be something worth talking about. So I'm gonna go in. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and preface with this. I mm-hmm. don't understand film at all. It's okay, it's not my medium. I haven't. So I told you. I told you this before. I had before I before this whole week. I had not watched a movie in probably four, what did I say, three to five months, somewhere around that range. I have not watched a movie. I didn't watch a movie all Mm -hmm. through quarantine. Um, It was mostly mostly reality TV and The Office. Mm -hmm. Like, that's pretty much all I watched throughout quarantine. So, I'm not a huge movie buff. And so, this this week... (laughs) has completely messed me up for a long time just with the fact that I've watched three movies in a week. I've never I don't I can't remember the last time I did that. And so like brain power had to be set to the max to actually receive any type of important information. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that and I'm gonna say definitely not a big movie guy, but these movies were great. And we'll start with Mr. Fox. So Mr. Fox was lovely. I loved it so much. I will probably watch it again. Um, it's just beautiful. I, I think everything about it is beautiful. Um, the style is really neat. And, and is it, it is like, what is the form called? Stop motion. Stop motion. Thank you. It, it's legit stop motion. Yes, it is in no way animated with That's pencil or paper. It is wild. all little yeah, tiny figures, that, as evidenced in the form of my crazy. my book. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. I the 
the detail in it is insane. Absolutely. And let me let me go ahead and um, uh, just say that uh, for those of you yeah. who, I, I'm not going to say, for those of you that don't know, none of you know this. Uh, the book that I reference is not a book that I've written, but instead a book that I got for my 21st birthday from my lovely wife because of this film that we are addicted to. <laughs> it is The Making of Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it goes down into the uh, nitty-gritty of how they... Uh, did a lot of the things with that film, and you get to see uh, so much behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, emails that uh, Wes Anderson was uh, sending to the rest of his crew and uh, their correspondence uh, to create scenes that became, like, staple points of the film. And it's a really interesting read, and yes, throughout that book, you get to see the behind-the-scenes. I mean, the little teeny figures that they would spend hours... I think my favorite photo is a sheet... That is just, it looks like an Excel spreadsheet. It's a giant grid. And it is frame number 1,206, 1,207. And in one box it says the character. And in the other box it says the vowel sound they should be making with their mouth in that frame. It is so intricate. What? And that is the book that I reference. Not, not my book, but a book that I have that uh, has given me some wonderful insight that we might talk about. Yeah, it is incredibly intricate. Uh, there were scenes that happened, and I'm going to be fully honest, I don't remember them, but there were certain points in the movie where I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It it looks, it genuinely looks animated, and so I wasn't sure if it was like an animation stop-motion hybrid or, but wow, it is fully stop-motion. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Uh, so that's, that's, a big, that's a big thing that I noticed. Uh, really, really impressive there. And then, so, like, big picture, um, the movie as a whole is is beautiful. I give it, like, a – I told my sister I give it, like, a 7.8. It's definitely worth watching. Definitely an excellent film. There were certain parts – I'd say there were, like, two or three times where I picked up my phone. That's fair. Uh, because, yeah, just – there. not to say that it was bad, but there were certain points where I was like – okay, this is feeling a little draggy, just a tiny bit draggy. And so I picked up my phone for maybe two minutes, and then it got back into it, and then it went into a different scene Mm -hmm. that completely picked up. Um, So there's that, but I would say that's the only negative. Like, there were a couple scenes that went on slightly long, but that's the only negative. Uh, The rest is really, really wonderfully done. Um, I really enjoyed the character development. Uh... It w- I couldn't believe it's what the running time is like an hour 21. I think so. Yeah. I couldn't believe that they developed characters you truly care about and love in just that small amount of time. Maybe the first 20 minutes and I had already fallen in love with like three mm-hmm. characters. Um, so that was really well done. Uh, it is definitely a mm-hmm. roller coaster of emotions. Um, it is definitely a f- it's for sure a feel good story, but there are points where like, oh wow, that's really really sad. Um, pretty much any moment with uh, it's Ash, right? Yeah. Any moment with Ash just like seeking the approval of his father just kills me. Um, as when he doesn't get, especially when he doesn't get it, uh, that just murders my yeah. heart. Um, and then made even worse when Christofferson comes in and just kind of like steals the spotlight when he didn't even, Ash didn't even Mm -hmm. have the spotlight to begin with. Um, Just like 
lots of emotions going on there uh, with with that with uh, with those moments. Um, and then I'm trying to think, is there anything else that really? Okay, what is the uh, what is his little thing? Oh, his trademark. Yes. What is that? Uh, it's his trademark. But but I don't. <laughs> oh, you hear it in the distance. You hear that on the wind. It's it's the fantastic Mr. Fox. It's him. It's his thing. It was neat. It was definitely neat. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. I yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I've I can't think of another movie that does something like that. But I really liked it. Yeah, we walk around the um, house doing it to each other. That's true. <laughs> I love that. Um. Yeah. Really, just uh, wonderfully done. That's in my one. I will watch it again. But in uh, in my first watch, uh, that's kind of what stuck out to me is the excellent character development, um, the ability to tug at the heartstrings, uh, was was very very well done. Um, yeah, overall, just a a really good film. Really good film. Absolutely, and I. I... Love that you mentioned how fast you could fall in love with these characters, especially in such a short period of time. Uh, Mimi, just because I think you know about it more than I do, do you want to go a little bit into um, how wild it is that you can fall in love with these characters when the original... So, Christian, this is based off of a book by Roald Dahl, the same guy that did, like... Um, uh, yes, Roald Dahl, Willy yeah. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Matilda. He did Matilda, he did James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. So, um, you know, brilliant author. And this book... About this fox stealing from these from these farmers. Uh, this book had how many characters? I think four. I might be off like a number or two, but I believe it was just the fox and the three farmers. The book had oh. no mention of a family dynamic, a broken marriage, a cousin from afar. Like the book might have mentioned them in passing, but the Ooh. film added so much, and I love that they uh. They corresponded with the, uh, the, the, the widow of Mr. Dahl, mm -hmm. I think. I think yeah. it's the wife, um, although it might have been the daughter. I don't quite remember. I have to refresh in my little book. But, um, yeah, they added so many characters, and uh, they, they did so brilliantly. And I think that the, the Dahl family was very very pleased with how it came out because uh, I, how couldn't you be like you said it was a it was a feel-good yeah. film and i think i would call it that primarily because i don't know what genre to put it in i think it's just like like family, family. Yeah. Fa it's a family movie but also the the book isn't very big no it, it's, it's not he steals from the fat one he steals from the short one he steals from the tall one and then he gets his tail shot off and then he stands up to him in the end and defeats him. Like, that's it. That's it? That's the book. There's, like, there's not very many chapters. Mm -hmm. I think the only actual chapters of the book are when there's a title. Mm. So it's, like, a go for broke uh, rescue yeah. mission. Then Christopherson is definitely in the book. He, I think he's mentioned, but he isn't, like, a proper character in the book. Yeah, there's no, there's no development from him, just yeah. because being a children's book, you don't the have the time, time to but, develop characters. But I know there's, there's not as many characters as there are. The soundtrack, oh, the it's way that Wes Anderson can, and you mentioned this recently, I, I did. the way that Wes Anderson can make every single frame yellow and you don't even realize it. The whole film was yellow? <clears throat> that whole film was yellow, Christian. Yeah. Think about any 
screenshot from the film. Just take a, just think the about the sky is yellow, the wallpaper is yellow, the tree yeah, has no, like a yellow undertone. Something like, that I actually really stood out in regards to color. What really, really, really stood out to me was at the end in the grocery store. There were only like three colors, all like fall colors. Like there was a orange, there was a burgundy red, and there was a yellow, and then a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of pink. But that was the; those were the only colors in the entire grocery store. Is there significance in that? Probably. That's going to be the answer to so many of these questions, which was, I can't imagine that there's not any. I mean, all these decisions get made with, and I mean, like this is right. stepping a little bit away from the film and more towards film as a whole, which is, I don't think anything is done right. accidentally or by chance. It is definitely, no. hey, how should we make this grocery look? And it's like, uh, very plain. Let's only use a few colors because we want to keep the attention on our yeah. characters. There could be a number of reasons. Yeah. Also, um, a lot of right, a lot of Wes Anderson films, like in different time frames, they're all different colors. I don't know any of the titles of other films, but I know uh, their look. There's one film where the majority of the colors are just pink. Yeah. Um, pinks and purples and light blues. And then around the time that he made Fantastic Mr. Yeah. Fox, like, every film he made was just yellow, and that yeah. was it. Interesting. It absolutely he, he finds a stylized look that he wants, and he just does it, and he doesn't really care about how much it's going to cost him to do it. The star... This blew my mind, like, the first time I saw the film, which was months ago. But, um, about half a year ago, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But, um, the star-studded cast of... George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Bill Murray, um, um, yeah, uh, Rat, uh, Defoe, Will Willem Defoe, Willem Defoe, Defoe, yeah, Willem, Willem, Willem Defoe. What? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I yeah. watched the credits for the first time after that film had finished, ah. and I, I, I only knew George Clooney. I could hear George. Everyone else right. was completely blind to me until the end. Yeah, he went all out for that cast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think I would have recasted anyone if I could. Kylie, the possum, was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> um, very, very wholesome, that one. Very. Um, Ash, Christopherson, all, all, I think, impeccable casting job. Excellent casting, yeah. So I think that's a good film to recommend. If we're going to recommend you a film, go watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's feel good. Mm -hmm. I feel... I feel... Uh... It's a it's a bummer because so. Well, what that would have been, you said two thousand seven, right? Two thousand seven was Funny movies? Games. No, um, yeah, Fox. Yeah, that's Fox. Funny Games. Yeah, <laughs> I always have my phone close by. Um, I know I was young. I know I was young because we visited my grandparents one year and we were gonna go see it. Mm -hmm. And two thousand nine, much like two thousand nine. Okay. And my family, my family on that side is very big into the critics. And what, what do the critics think of the film? And at the time, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. did not give it a good review. And they were like, mm, let's go see something else. Mm -hmm. So we saw something else. And I don't even remember what we saw. But now after seeing this, I'm bummed. I really wish I had, could have experienced it at that age. I felt like it would have been very different. Um... Yeah, I really regret – I mean, it wasn't my decision to make. But still, I still very much regret not seeing it as a child. It's a really big bummer of mine now. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I remember it being a huge thing because, like, being a, a British kid where you're forced to read every Roald Dahl book, <laughs> like, the fact that they came out with a film that was good other than Matilda. I'm not messing on Matilda, but James and the Giant Peach was terrible. But, like... <laughs> when the film came out, it was, like, a huge thing. Like, everyone went to yeah. see it. Yeah, but, like, there's... Okay, and I love him to death. I cannot say a singular bad word about him. But, like, at the end of the day, yes, they're both Roald Dahl books, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about the difference in the, the creativity and no, the way that that gets shown on screen from Wes Anderson <laughs> to the director of Matilda, which was Danny DeVito. What? Yeah, that film was directed by the same man who played the dad mm. in that film. Daniel DeVito. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> I don't like that his name's Daniel. <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm looking it up right now. Um, yes, Matilda, director, Danny DeVito, born Daniel Michael DeVito Jr. Oh, wow, Daniel DeVito. That's wrong. That's incorrect. <laughs> that is wrong. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, so uh, I'm not saying that yeah, they're, uh, they're he did a bad job different. with that film. That film's great as well, Matilda. But yeah, but Matilda is seen as like, I don't want to say like a cult classic, but it's definitely like a classic. It's definitely a classic and it's a good... Where uh, now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't see anything about Fantastic Mr. Fox. To find that book, I had to go no. through like a third-party seller because people just weren't like weren't selling it on straight Amazon. I feel like they're still airing Matilda like on Saturday nights on ABC Family or like yeah. some Showtime or like, just some channel like that that, you know, does those type of reruns. I, I, I only hear about Fantastic Mr. Fox from people that grew up on it. Mm-hmm. Like I still see Facebook posts about it, but that's from like uh, my buddy Austin who loves the film. If you don't know about the film, you know nothing about it. If you do know the film... You really like it. I, I've never seen anyone that like knows the film really well, but also doesn't like it. Which I guess is a really good thing to be able to say. Mm-hmm. And being a pretty good film, there's not much that you can pick apart with it. You can not say really, that no. the soundtrack is gorgeous, mm-hmm. the visuals are stunning, Yes. you can see all the hours they put into it just by watching mm-hmm. it. You can see... Because with stop motion, with models, with fur, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. That was one thing I I was thinking about. I was like, the way the fur moves is Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's not just straight up. Like, it will, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just, that was was one thing that throughout the whole movie, I was like, how is this? Mm -hmm. There's no way this isn't animated at least a little bit. That blows my mind that it's not at all, that it's only stop motion. That's wild to me. As a... The amount of time... As a, as a passing notion and kind of a way to put a nail in the coffin of just how great that film is and how much we can recommend it, uh, one of my favorite excerpts from the book uh, on its making is just showing just how much detail they put into it. Do you remember a scene near the beginning of the film when Christofferson goes to Ash's school for the very first time and learns the sport whack bat? Yes, I do. There is a scene in which he is loosely explained the rules of this game, yep. immediately gets put out on the f- field, and yep. scores Kills like it. crazy. Yeah. There is a email correspondence between Wes Anderson and uh, one of the heads of animation uh, for that studio who mentioned that for this scene, what they were going to do was... Um, 
When do you do any type of animations? I think typical animation is by the twos. So, mm -hmm. like, hand-drawn animation in film, every two frames it moves a bit so it looks fluid. Mm -hmm. um, they moved Christofferson, I think, three times more than they moved anyone else. So frame one, two, three, he's moved three ticks. Everyone else moves a singular tick. He moves three more, wow. not to make him look faster, but just so that you can barely recognize that he is much more athletic. He looks in that scene. I've rewatched it, knowing this information now. He looks so much more limber and flexible than everyone else who looks like they're rigidly just running around yeah. without any idea of what to be doing. That attention to detail is just crazy. I don't know. That's, it, it's, a, it's an excellent film. Um, I, I like the fact that you rated it. Would you rate it 7.8? Yeah, that's around where I'm at. That's fair. Um, I think it's by no means a perfect film. Just because it's my favorite doesn't mean I can't criticize it. I think I'd give it an 8.9. Okay. A 9. Yeah. yeah. Why are you going crazy? Because. You gotta get specific. I feel like you, you gotta... can't... Because... Because it's not quite an 8 to me. It's really, really close. So I have to give it... I, but I can't give it a 7. Because, because it's hard to... Because it is hard to rate films that are so drastically different. Like, if we were going to talk about The Visit next, <laughs> if it's a good horror movie, yeah, which yeah, it's right. not, but... Spoilers, it's I not. I cannot wait to tear that movie apart. I'm so excited. <laughs> but, if, but if I could rate it, uh, let's say it was good, and I said, oh, it's an eight. That and Fantastic Mr. Fox are not the same. They are built I different. I, I think not just even a little bit. I don't want to be because I went to film school. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so much better at picking apart film. I don't, yeah. I don't mean that at all. But yeah. I just think, like, I can't watch Fantastic Mr. Fox and be like, every time, like, this thing's wrong with it. Yeah. It's going to annoy me every time. Like, no, I just think it's like a ten out of It's charming. It's incredibly I charming. Love charming. I love P.E. P.E. is our favorite character. <laughs> the Banjoman. Yes. We love P.E. I we... want to get a banjo and How just, like, not? have the word, like, the letters to We have considered I naming our middle, our first child's middle name Petey. Yeah. Um, it's just it. weak song <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a 10. That is a, that is a 10 from you? Yeah. Because. You think that's a, okay, so as someone that went to film college for three years, you think that's a perfect film. I do. Because Beautiful. I can't look at that after analyzing a lot of wow. films. Because I can't not analyze them now. It's one of the things about going to film school. Don't do it. Because you won't be able to watch a film and just enjoy it. You'll know everything that's happening behind the scenes. <laughs> that's fair. And yeah. So I think picking apart a ton of films, making films, like criticizing homemade films and stuff, I don't see anything that's wrong with that. Even like one frame that's slightly off, I don't see it. I think it's, I love it. It's yeah, so it is charming. It has a good, a good lightness to it. So interestingly enough, your 7.8, my 8.9 and her perfect 10 average out to my answer, 8.9. It, yeah. it all averages out to 8.9. So, Fantastic Mr. Fox, 8.9. So I'm the, so I'm the, I'm the pessimist. Mimi is the optimist, and James <laughs> I don't the think realist. I'm an optimist. Like. I just, I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about a film that I think we'll we all be able to criticize. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's let's please dive in. <laughs> so, Fantastic Mr. Fox, as you might be able to understand, is a film that I recommended to Christian. I said, you should watch this. It's a good film. 
But we also understood that us praising film for an hour and a half wasn't going to make for an interesting podcast episode. So we said, let's, we have to watch something kind of poor. So a film that Christian had already seen. Christian, how long ago did you see this film? Yeah, I saw this film. I was told it was going to be an excellent film. By who? It was going to be this by people who had not seen it yet. That's the problem is I listened to people who hadn't seen it yet. They said, yeah, I have I have friends who saw it. They loved it. They thought it was really cool and funny. Like it's one of these one of the few funny horror movies. And I was like, "Okay, that sounds weird. But all right, let's. So we all had a viewing party. One of our friends worked at the movie theater. And we were able to, all like 15 of us, went in and watched the movie completely alone when nobody else was there. Oh my god, that was the best experience I've had in my whole life. Because the whole time, (laughs) we didn't have to keep our commentary to ourselves. So we just tore it apart for for two hours, however long the movie is. For two hours straight, every two minutes, someone would be like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was wonderful. And... So that would have been that would have been when did it come out? Uh, I think that was 2015. So then I saw it in 2015 because it, we it yeah was you in saw the it theater. Theater. yeah it is 2015 now mm-hmm. um yep so I was like 16 years on old. the opposite side of Christian who hasn't seen a film since <laughs> quarantine started I watch I've watched movies religiously mm-hmm. since I was like 13. Um, it really quickly because it's really boring. It started when I was 13 because like all of my free time was spent with family and I love them, but I was also like getting into the formative years of my life when I just kind of needed to be alone. So I started watching horror movies uh, because my family hated them. Uh, uh, Mom and my sister wanted to be in the other room. They didn't like scary movies. My dad was drinking, watching NASCAR. So, um, (laughs) It, it, it was easy for me to get away by watching horror movies. And um, if you're going to pick apart any movie, I think a scary movie is the best one to pick apart because there's so much nuanced beauty in a horror movie. So I started watching films alone at age 13, and um, I just fell in love with it. And then I started exploring different mm. genres, and I've, I've, I really like watching films. So when I say that The Visit is the... And I'm trying to think because I don't want to do it in injustice. I don't think I want to do even a film that poor, even that bad. I don't think that even a film that bad deserves an injustice of, nah, I'm really trying it. to think. No, nope, don't have it. That is the worst film I've ever seen in my fucking life. I am uh, uh, 21 and I'm okay with that being the last year that gets added to the counter of Jim. If I just never get to see another film like that again, close, relative of. It was. And we watch bad horror films like for fun. Like we'll go we on do. Netflix and go on horror films and just watch bad horror films because it's funny. Bad horror is good for a number of reasons. When it's able to not wow. take itself seriously, when it's able to make a good commentary. I don't care if the the the, the horror aspect is poor, as long as you can do something. Yeah. Nothing was done by this film. <laughs> no, I completely agree. What? What? I mean, okay. Refresh me. Give me a little refresher, Jim, because it's been six years since I've seen the movie. Okay, first off, it's kind of found footage, but it's not found footage in the sense of 
oh, our main characters died, someone else found the footage, and now you get to see this. No, the main character, which is like a 14-year-old girl, is making a documentary, because that's an interest that 14-year-olds have. And um, so the entire film... You know, you know how many fourteen-year-olds are ready to start their documentary career. She has this. All you get this place, shaky man. handheld camera the whole film because it's like, oh yeah, it's like it's, she's recording it. <laughs> I made a point to Mimi. I'll say it again: found footage, and she disagrees in terms of a couple of classics like Blair Witch. Found Blair Witch. I was just about to say Blair Witch. Do you really think Blair Witch? I don't is think bad? it's bad. He hates the fact that it's found footage. I don't like that found footage has to be first-person point of view. I don't want to watch the found footage. I'm okay with the film being about us recording and someone finds the footage and they learn stuff about it. I just think that the whole first-person part of found footage is lazy. I think it's like, oh, I want to make a horror movie, but I'm shit at cinematography. Oh, make a found footage film. Then your your shots can be lazy. They can be shaky. What about... Get the boom mic in there a little bit. I don't give a damn. It's it's found footage. What about sprinkle? What about sprinkle? I'd be fine with that. Found footage. As long as I'm not subjected to okay. it All right. for an That's hour fair. and forty minutes. That's when fair. I'm having to see grandma ass. <laughs> Christian, there was ass in this film. You didn't tell there's, me that. There's, there's all, oh, you're you're gonna sit here and, and and I'm clipping so bad. You're gonna sit here. And tell me that I didn't tell you certain aspects of a film because there was grandma ass, but you have subjected me to both funny games and ex machina. <laughs> so that's what I thought. There's some there's some grandma ass. Get over it, Jim. You see some grandma ass every once in a while. It happens. It's part of life. M. Night Shyamalan. Let's talk about him. Yeah. Let's not talk Let's about please him. talk so about him. So when did he fall off the wagon? He never was, was on the wagon. No, no, no. Sixth Sense, I, I like. He wasn't on the wagon for Sixth Sense? Really? Sixth Sense. I, I think I need to rewatch it. I think the last time I saw it, I was like 15. I agree. Yeah, I think but I, I remember it being good. It's good in pretty much every single memory I have and every single person who's seen it has told me that it's quite good. It's good. Good film. I think there are some other good M. Night films. Bad M. Night films. I I think... The Visit. I think he caught lightning in a bottle with it. Like, I don't think he's actually talented, but I think he caught lightning in a bottle with Sixth Sense. I'm I'm not sure I've ever heard a phrase like that. That the fact that, oh, M. Night used to be great and now he's shit. It's, no, 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 no. The good films were just a shot in the dark that hit their target. Yeah. Wow. And also, like, like, let's not pretend that let's not pretend that a director has every single influence on a film. A film can be good, even though the director. That's true, but there's been there have been so many bad M Night films, and it's oh agreed. I think he's bad. It's because I think he's bad, but I think the good films probably he relied on other people to make it good. And it is because one of the two. So many M Night films are written by him. Find me an M. Night film, and I know it's probably not yeah. going to be a hard task, but just find me an M. Night film that he didn't write. A prominent one. A prominent M. Night film. A prominent M. Night film. He wrote The Visit. There is one. Yeah, he surely did. <laughs> he <laughs> he did. had a large part in rewriting Avatar The Last Airbender live action, mm. which he directed. Yeah. I know he directed oh, it, so I didn't want you to mention that film. I saw that film in theaters. <laughs> me too. 
Oh, I was a kid yeah. with dreams back then. My depression then. started. Yeah, that's pretty much the decline. Just take meds after that. <laughs> Everything went wrong after that film came out. Yeah. So. So M Night. Just, just the fact night, that I, I wanted to preface. Put him in the shed. I wanna, I wanna preface. Uh, put him the shit shed from the film. Just the shed. Put him in the shed. Put him in the so, shed. So, I just wanted to preface our discussion on the visit with. The fact that I don't respect the actors, <laughs> I don't respect the writing. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't respect the direct. One hundred percent. There was not a good part of the film. I wish I could say, "Oh, the cinematography made up for the shitty soundtrack," or "Hey, you know the 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 kid that played the younger brother." Oh my god. Ah, prodigy. Who the fuck is that? What? What were they? What? What? Between writing that character and casting that child, the whole, what were they thinking? As soon as we started watching it, I was like, I can't. I, lo- I love kids. Yeah. I want kids on my own. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that like hate yeah. kids. Yeah. But I was like, I can't wait for this kid to die. They lived. And then they lived. They lived. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Both of gonna... them they fucking lived, lived yeah. and neither of them. I never got the the sweet taste of death. <laughs> I see. That's. I think it's the only time in in horror film history, probably, where you're like, please. Yeah. fucking die and then they don't maybe that's the true horror that is the true that that's it it's a it's a living nightmare. these kids get to keep on living i don't know i again I, i'm very optimistic i i didn't didn't like the film i hated it yeah but i think the whole scary factor was meant to come with that hey they aren't actually your family like that sure. is a bit creepy to think about that you've been hanging around with these people for like a week yes and i think it could it have was, been it was done poorly, and everything made it seem like it was like yeah. a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. That like they were like possessed right. or some shit, and then it was like, no, they're just crazy <laughs> people that killed your grandparents. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. How are they? <laughs> so how are they not possessed? There's a scene where the grandma does she crawl on the wall or does she just crawl? She crawls like backwards on the floor. Yeah, backwards. She crawls upside down. Yeah, that's what it is. You're going to tell me that just some crazy person did that, not a possessed woman? Because I think that doesn't that make sense to me. How is God, she not possessed? This is what a crazy person's like. If you're in a mental hospital, this is what you do. This is what day. a crazy person is like. Look at the kids. Look at the two main characters. This is what kids are like. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's so this kid removed is from like, reality. like 10 and he just wants to rap. Oh, this kid, rap. rapper what at heart. was I... that? We just stared at each other and went, this is going to be a bad film as soon as he started rapping. The the last four minutes of that (laughs) film, I thought about jumping out my window. I left to shower like 15 minutes before it finished because I was like, I'm not watching the rest of this. You came back from that shower and I was a different man. Yeah. You were so angry. I had the thousand yard stare. I couldn't speak. (laughs) Who do you think wrote those raps? Do you think the kid, the actor, M. child Please actually wrote it? M- totally, M. Night. M. Night spent hours on that. You think M. Night? You think M. Night I think he stayed raps? up burning the candle at both ends, just like, my relatable 10-year-old. <laughs> I think he listens to, to, to Eminem. Oh, my God. I think he listened to Tupac. I think he listened to Biggie Smalls. <laughs> That's what he came up with. And then he was like, that was, his, that was inspiration. his inspiration. And he said, now imagine a white... He listened to the Fresh Prince of Bella opening ten times, and that was it. <laughs> he, okay, Would no, you even all call reality... Would film? 
What? Does it deserve the title? Does it deserve the title of film? No. No. <laughs> it is a it is a moving picture at best. It was it was yep, made. That's a word, it was that's made. all. <laughs> I watched a thing that was made today. Yeah. People spent time on this. Doesn't matter how long. I I don't know I don't know what I would have done if I had oh to pay God. to see that movie in theaters. And can you imagine the amount of people that did? Because I don't, I don't think I could have carried on. Looked up any of the trailers, but it was all just straight like paranormal looking stuff. So, so just to pick it apart, just not yeah. to call it a piece of shit, but to to kind of give some merit to the discussion. I don't know, that's what that's what we did with beats. That's what we did with beats you last did. week. That's true. Um, hashtag fuck beats. Tore and to, tore to shreds. <laughs> I want to say that I think the two reasons that it sucked ass is just regarding the twist at the end, which M. Night's famous for is his twists. You're right. It was the whole time, oh, it's paranormal. Oh, they're possessed. Oh, there's demons. And then it's like, oh, that's not it. And they're just escaped psych- uh, psychiatric patients. Which I think it was a good thing for him to try. That's fact, one thing. The yeah. fact that every person who thinks they can make a horror film goes we'll just make it paranormal right two the fact that i think it could have worked if the whole thing of wow that's bold if if it was just you know oh there's the scene at the end where they're on a skype call with their mom and they're like mom you have to come pick us up Uh, grandma and grandpa are being crazy and they point the camera they point their little laptop at grandma and grandpa who are outside speaking and their mom goes, who are those people? And it's like, it's grandma and grandpa. And it's like, that's not your grandparents. That's yeah. the twist. Is that like, oh, those aren't the grandparents and they've been staying with them that whole time. And yeah, yeah that's probably where the fear factor was supposed mm-hmm. to come in. It would have been so much more scary at that point if they weren't such, not characters, characters. They, were, they, they weren't believable. If they were criminally insane. Yeah but well-put-together people that could put up a fight, that I my heart would have sank. Yeah, that would have been scary. I think the whole time, like, me and you were just like, yes. just run. What are they going to do? That old, he shits himself. Yeah. Just run. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah, he does. The old man just, just shits himself. And that was the he only creepy thing he did. Yeah. Except for, like, he put a shotgun in his mouth. I was just cleaning. The whole thing with horror is that it's supposed to be believable that's why it's scary like that's the whole point and so if you create two hours of just complete unbelievability why would it be scary i remember laughing the i whole couldn't time. bring myself I am to laugh easily scared horror terrifies the fuck out of me i can't i can't mm-hmm. handle horror very well but i laughed throughout the whole thing it was not scary not even parts of it were scary I can't I remember one scary moment scary. in that movie. The whole thing of, you know, you send your kids off to a random stranger's thing thinking it's like your parents and it's not. Yeah, that the, is really the scary. Idea. That's they had up the whole first hour and a half. That is. But it was done poorly. It poorly represented mental yep. health because I hate when people are like, they're just yeah. crazy. It's like, give them something and then work off it. Like you even said about the, the kid who had like the thing with germs. It never came so, up. So the boy had a thing with yeah. germs, right? He was a germaphobe. They mentioned it in like the first 10 minutes of the film. And then an hour and 10 minutes into the film, 
like, it comes back, like, oh, he feels something on his hand, and his sister has to comfort him by scrubbing it off. Didn't he, like, climb under the... House. House? Yeah, they were. Or was that some chick? Picked up a dirty diaper. He just, he did so much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That never did anything. Never paid off. Nope. Nope. I mean, the only thing it did, not even in terms of horror, only thing it did was give me a chuckle when at the end of the film there was this really quick shot when it was panning back and forth between here's the girl and the grandma and here's the boy and the grandpa. When they were going back and forth between those two shots, there's this really rushed shot that I think was beautiful comedic timing, which you don't want for a horror film, uh, where the old man just like picks up one of his soiled diapers and goes, you have a thing with germs, right? And just right on his face, just puts the diaper right on his face, and it cuts away that fast. And I, oh man, I breathed out of my nose a little harder than I normally do to indicate that it was kind of funny, just kind of like a, that's it. That's all I gave it. Yep. It didn't deserve anything more. Didn't even deserve a chuckle. Bad movie, and I honestly, it is so bad that I don't want to give it any more airtime. We have two really good films to talk about next. It's well, th- uh, two long ones. There's also Airplane, which I want to touch on briefly. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that just as a little positive portion. And then, Between the two horrible films that are coming next. Yeah, let's do a bad film and then Airplane and then another one. Uh, which Ex Machina wasn't bad. Yep. I want, Christian, are you going to be okay if I want Funny Games to be the last one we talk about? Oh, I'm very okay with that. <laughs> okay. So... Closing remarks on The Visit. It's just bad. It was a good idea. There's nothing more I can say. It was a good idea. It was idea. just bad. So they had a bad yeah. writer, a bad director. Bad actors. Yep. Bad actors. Yep. I give it a solid two. Wow. Two out of ten. I'm giving it a one and I'm optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I have watched a lot of bad films, a lot of bad horror films, just a lot of bad films, because you have to in order right. to improve your own work and know what makes a good film. I yeah. couldn't finish it. I was like, I'm kickstarting this night and getting in the mm. shower because I literally cannot continue watching this film. It's so bad. So, like, it's a one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have yeah. good memories attached to it, which is probably why. If I were to had to, like, sit and watch it myself, I'd probably give it a zero. But because I have good memories of, attached with, like, watching it with friends and just cracking up, that's probably why it's a two. I'm only giving it a one because the premise of it was good. The idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will also give it a one. Like I said, I've watched so many films throughout my years, from Fair. 13 to 21, eight years of just watching films and loving it the whole time. And getting to... There are so many shitty films that Mimi and I watch. It's true. We love bad horror. We mentioned this at the beginning of this segment. Oh, it's great. So I would rate like a bad horror film like Amy. Mm-hmm. I would rate that like a six. Yeah. 5.5 at least. Yeah. This film was truly a one and it deserved it. Because it wasn't hard. even enjoyable that it was bad. <laughs> you couldn't even enjoy it. You could, I couldn't watch the film again, ironically. You could not put a gun in my head and ask me to rewatch. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Watch the visit. So, definitely don't recommend that film. On the opposite end of the scale, here's two great films. Let's talk about a great movie. Yes. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Yes. So, this is another film that I said, Christian, you should watch just because uh, Mimi and I are in love with A24 Studios. Yeah, did I. I showed you Ex Machina recently. Yes, you absolutely did. So this this and Funny Games, I both watched at college where you had to sit in a classroom with a notebook and watch the film and try and note down everything. So I know a lot about the, not just the makings of both of them, but like the secret messages and stuff. But yes, carry on. I so, just wanted to put that out there. So Sex Machina is... <laughs> yeah, Sex Machina. Is a... Uh, Christian, I want, I want you to go on about it. Tell me... Tell me you know, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really discussed it much. I said, let's save it for the podcast and... Give it to me. Here we well, you've got all my videos. So <laughs> we we jump into the movie, and I'm not going to lie. I don't know what happened in the first five minutes. I completely zoned out. Luckily, it gets established like ten minutes into it. Oh, he won a thing, and now he gets to go. The main character wins a thing, wins a competition, quote-unquote, and he gets to go hang out. He's a programmer. He gets to go hang out with this dude who's creating – AI, but like crazy AI trying to mimic humanity and consciousness. And <clears throat> we meet this guy named Nathan, and immediately I was like, oh God. Oh, he's the villain. But it's so interesting because he's not. Spoiler, big, big spoiler. Jim, I don't think he is the villain. Do I think he's an asshole? But absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, he's de- yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not the he's villain, not villain of that which film. Which is crazy. I don't think there. That's the beauty. I don't the think that. Movie. What's her name? Ava. Mm-hmm. There is a villain. Yeah. If you ha- if you have to pick, if you have to pick a villain, I'm gonna go with Ava. Would you call her the villain? She's a victim. Okay, I'm gonna have to say antagonist because there's not. It's not a villain. Yeah. Not a villain. That's fair. I think that's true. That's true. That's true. They're all fighting for the. They're all fighting for their own. Like, a villain is somebody who who want, just wants to do bad, just to do bad. I think an antagonist is. Somebody I hear who, villain. I think evil. Yeah, exactly. Whereas an antagonist is just somebody who is looking out for themselves and they pursue that desire in the wrong ways. Would you say that is a bad definition of antagonist? I'd say that's an excellent definition of antagonist. The problem that that causes is that I would call every single character in that film an antagonist. (laughs) Really? You think Caleb is an antagonist? So he didn't go there for his own reasons, but does he not get selfish in trying to... And of course, it's a justified selfishness in trying to help Ava escape. When, you know, Nathan brought him here to do great things for his career and, you know, open his home to someone. So Nathan's the asshole for treating his creations the way he does. Caleb 
is Caleb. selfish for his own, even if even if Nathan is an asshole, for his own deception and Caleb's attempts to steal some of Nathan's greatest work. And then Ava, of course, is just trying to get out of what is essentially a high security prison to her. So all of them are, they have their own, they have their own reasons for everything they do. I, I have a difficult time saying that somebody's an antagonist when they're a victim of severe manipulation on both ends. That's the thing is like, He's not really doing – I don't think he was doing it selfishly. I think he was doing it to help Ava because he genuinely thought that she was – I mean, like, she was trying to get – it's <laughs> such a mind fuck of a movie. I just – I can't – I feel like I can't call him an antagonist because, yes, he was being selfish, quote-unquote, but he was being selfish to try to help somebody else who was manipulating him. So I don't know. It's hard. It's really difficult. Nathan and Ava – we're both manipulating yes, hardcore. Caleb. So Caleb is definitely our protagonist. The other two yeah. are quote-unquote villains. They're our antagonists. Yeah, and they're against each other. It's so wild. It's such a wild concept of a movie. It's And it's beautifully, beautifully done. It's a gorgeous film. Um, it's a tough one. To, I think it, it has to, it's a tough one to pull off, and they killed it. They killed it. Um. That is one movie, that's a movie that I can honestly say I was, I was there for all of it. I was in it. I was, I was, there was not a moment I picked up my phone aside from to send you guys videos. But other than that. Exactly. I was just about to say, you, so Christian and I sent each other videos updating each other on our film journeys. And the first film you watched, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I got maybe three minutes of video from that entire yeah. film you yeah when your video ended when you recorded your 60 <laughs> seconds on snapchat you hit send opened your camera and kept making jokes and it was beautiful <laughs> and uh you, you know asking the question I, I love watching i love having a new person watch a film so i can hear them ask the questions that i asked the first time yeah you know is he the bad guy what are they going to do next are they going to fuck these are the questions <laughs> yeah no, and I, yeah, <laughs> the first 10 minutes, or maybe it's not that, I don't know the timestamps, but the second she walks in, I was like, oh God, <laughs> she's like, she's kind of thick. I, she's kind of thick. I don't want to, okay, she's not really a robot. She's very, a very attractive woman and cause she's a robot in the film, but she's a woman in real life. Mm -hmm. So she's a very attractive woman. And I was like, well, I mean, like, there's no way. There's no way something doesn't happen. And then it gets alluded to, and then it never happens. So not to, not to say that I wanted robot sex to happen, but the fact that it didn't was mm -hmm. weird to me. I really expected it to happen. And then it didn't. But then Nathan, the, when, <laughs> let me tell you, when Nathan was like, don't worry, she can fuck. I was like, oh, I, I had a mini meltdown. Because everything that I was thinking throughout the whole movie was, like, completely answered right there. And it was so, so funny to me. And, uh, tell, tell the people at home why Ava looks so beautiful. Why does she look so beautiful? Yeah, what was Ava modeled after? Oh, my God. This is insane. And this is, like, another point in where, like, oh, yeah, that takes Nathan from asshole to like 
that's a moment of evil. Criminal there, mastermind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Huge so Nathan, invasion of privacy. Big time. And it's a... It's a... Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. So Nathan, who is the person who created the AI and modeled the AI off of... Um, of um, Caleb. Caleb's like desires with like his, his he looked in at everything so like the type of women he's into blah 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 and he did that by going through his pornography um what would you call it pornography history his porn history yeah his porn history thank you his porn history <gasps> what the actual fuck <laughs> that's like I I can't I could Okay. The movie is done in Caleb's perspective, yes? Yeah. You don't really get a whole lot of alone shots of Nathan or Ava. There's some sprinkled in there, but for the most part it's from Caleb's perspective. It's absolutely so the whole time I'm in kind of in the mindset of Caleb. That's what the movie mm-hmm. wants you to do. To be really resonate with Caleb as a character, to try to see his point of view the whole movie. So when Nathan dropped that one on him when he was like, when, well, no, Caleb asked. Nathan didn't even drop it. Caleb was like, did you fucking, <laughs> did you model her face out of, uh, uh, from my pornography history? And Nathan was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That's so fucked up. I, when that happened, I I think that was one of the few times I just had to pause and I couldn't start it for for a second because the absolute mindfuck of that the the idea that that happened and that could be a reality just really set me off. I was I was a different person after that and it really makes me see because like can we not pretend like this kind of shit is never gonna happen? Oh, absolutely, it is. That's horrifying. That's horrifying. The fact that this is like a, it's, it's like a documentary before the actual events happen. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. It felt like, oh shit, this stuff is going to happen one day. And this is kind of a cautionary tale of let's not, you know, let's be careful with what we do with AI, huh? It's like a Black Mirror episode. It is like a Black Mirror episode, yeah. And so like, I don't know, man. That's just wild to me because that information is readily available to anybody who wants to have access mm-hmm. to it. I mean, not anybody, not not the general public, but like anybody who created your phone or your computer or whatever, they have that information 100% and they can use it however they want to. But no one really – I hear people talk about it and even now I'm talking about it, but no one seems to really care that much. You're talking about invasion of privacy right now? Yeah. Do you want to hear one of my favorites? Please. If a company knows that you have to use something in your day-to-day life, they're going to charge you out the ass for it, right? Yeah. They're like, if this is going to be an essential program that you need to use, we're going to make you pay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever wondered why Google Drive, Google Docs, um, like all the Google services are completely free of charge? In their terms and conditions, it states that everything that you store in there is completely not your intellectual property and is the property of Google. 
But Jim, I deleted my history. <laughs> if you typed a million dollar movie idea and script into Google, Google sold it to Lionsgate and Lionsgate produced a film. You couldn't do shit because in the terms and conditions of Google, everything that you use their services for are completely forfeited by you in that moment. And that's why it's free because they're not getting your money. They're getting your intellectual property. So you're telling me, you are telling me that if I record a voice memo of a song idea that I have, it's not, they can use that shit? Yeah, Katy Perry could be singing it next week. <laughs> John Legend could sample it. What the fuck do I do then? T-Pain could remix it. What do I do? I mean, like, I'm not saying that my music is good enough for somebody to, to, to sample, but... What the fuck is the move then? What do I do? Oh, there have been little to no cases of Google actually doing this. Sure, but they could. Oh, they could? Absolutely. Nuts. I've given up. <laughs> no, Just Christian, absolutely. The, the, we are talking about film. We are talking about Ex Machina, but really quick, a lot of... A lot of um, people are like, oh, you know, one day they're just going to, like, microchip us and have all their information. And it's like, you already have an Apple device in your pocket. Shut the hell up. Honestly, yeah. As if it's any different from you desperately needing your phone. And if you don't have it, when you go to the fucking bathroom, you start crying. Location, microphone, camera, it has everything it needs to completely... All of it. The government, the government has heard every single shit <laughs> you've ever taken. And that is as political as we're getting in the entire history yeah. of this. In the entire history of this podcast. Put that on a ship. The government's heard every shit you've ever taken. You've taken. It's true, though. <laughs> I can't remember the last time someone was like, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. And they were like, but I'm not going to bring my can phone. Can you watch my phone? You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, can you watch my phone? That's look. never yeah. happened. Well, because That's never happened in the history of phones. Yeah. <laughs> I get nervous that people are listening to me, so I don't bring my phone in. Christian, give me the end of this film. Give me a play-by-play -play wow. of how you reacted to the end of this film. The, the end of the film, are you talking from the killing spree that Ava went on? Just just the last 15 minutes of that film. The last 15 minutes. Okay. So, oh my god. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Let me collect my thoughts here. Throughout the whole movie... Ava, uh, there are these shutdowns that happen where the power goes out, all the cameras die, everything dies. During the movie, um, Caleb is supposed to test the Ava to see if she is to see to see if he could confuse her with a human being if she has uh, the appearance of con of consciousness. So, but Ava, the shutdowns happen because Ava is able to manually shut it down herself. So she shuts it down and kind of has this little private talk with Caleb. And Caleb's like, I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to get him drunk. I'm going to get Nathan drunk, steal his key card, and get you the fuck out of here. I need you to turn off the thing, the, uh, do a shutdown at 10 o'clock. So then, but then, it, then it, is, it appears that Nathan has put a recording device when the cameras went down, when he thought he was alone with Ava, and Nathan caught that whole thing. So he doesn't get drunk. The problem is he got drunk the night before and then and and Caleb did all that shit the night before. So <laughs> it's fucking wild. The power shuts down. Nathan goes, "Oh shit." He goes and looks and Ava is outside the room that she was 
created in and has never left. Nathan looks out. Nathan goes out there and is... <laughs> oh, my God. So much happened. <laughs> he also has this lady who everyone thought she was just a lady who didn't speak English and that he was she was his servant. But apparently... She is a, a robot also. And she goes in there, and then I don't know what happened between the two. What the f- They were, like, all up on each other. And I didn't understand that scene at all. That would be lovely if you could explain that one for me, because that I didn't get it. So then Nathan walks into the hallway, and Ava just, like, like a fucking running back, just goes right at him, tackles him, and then... You know, she loses the fight somehow. I don't know how that happens, but he ends up, like, on top of her. And then he gets up, and as he's getting up and walking backwards, the servant lady stabs him in... No, not even stabs him. She's just holding the knife there as he walks back in. That's a sharp-ass knife, by the way. He did not... He was barely walking backwards, and that knife went smoothly (laughs) into his skin. Anyway... So that happens, and he's like, oh, shit, I just got stabbed in the back, literally. And then he turns around and, and just fucking, he didn't punch her. What did he do? He hit her with something. What did he hit her with? I can't remember. He, he, hit, her in the, he hit her in the jaw. She falls down to the ground. Somehow, I guess that broke her. And then he's like, oh, uh, ha-ha, fuck you. You lose. And then Ava stabs him in the chest. And then he like walks like six feet and then collapses, um, you know, like you do when you're stabbed twice. And then Ava is like, "Cool, I fucking won." And Caleb's standing there, being like, "Hey, cool. Didn't we have an agreement that you were gonna let me out?" And Ava's like, <laughs> "Bye." And she leaves without letting him out. And he's pounding on the door, trying to get her attention. And she clearly knows he's there. Don't pretend like you don't fucking see him. You see him, and you don't give a shit. So she just up and leaves. She just fucking leaves. Bye-bye. And then she just goes outside. And Caleb is like, fuck, let me go to the computer. Goes to the computer. Everything shuts down. And he is done. But here's the thing. I don't know if he would die. Also, she goes to the place because Caleb was supposed to leave. So the helicopter was going to get there. Caleb was supposed to leave on the helicopter. But she shows up and he's like, okay. And then he takes the... Ava in the helicopter instead. What the fuck happened there? As if he just, oh yeah, like he completely forgot he was supposed to be taking a, a, a 26-year-old guy. Instead, some girl walks up and he's like, okay, I'll take you instead. And then never comes back. What the fuck? Yeah, what was the explanation from her? What did she say for him to be like, okay, and then leave? I don't get it. What the fuck? There were a couple questions that I had during the movie that I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And that was one of them. Um, So that's basically the play-by-play in the last 10 minutes. It's an absolute mindfuck. So much happens. And I couldn't help but have my jaw attached to my stomach the entire time. My jaw dropped, and then it didn't ever come back up for 15 minutes. (laughs) So that, that was Ex Machina. In a box. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, it was, um, that was when A24 
um, kind of started getting into the, the weird territory. Yeah. So, like, this was kind of, I don't know if it was the first film, but it was one of the first films where people left and were like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, right? Honestly. But I mean, now, like, I felt like I, mean, I watched a movie and also didn't yeah. watch a movie. It was I so, mean, like, so weird. I mean, like, now they made The Lighthouse, which makes no sense whatsoever, so, like, they really came far with yeah, the, how far they uh... kind of push you. M- movies part two mm-hmm. we have to talk about the lighthouse because what film. is that film um <laughs> it's something uh but <clears throat> yeah well uh i think that's i think that's good for ex machina ex machina as far as my opinion what are y'all's thoughts yeah i i i really like it um like i said i studied it in college so i have like a lot of things you know mm. like you know like when you read a book and then they make you write an essay on it like, yeah, of course. Her lips were red because she's dangerous. Like it's stuff like that that I know about the film. Um, Whoa. It's meant to be like um, the two antagonists are like the angel and the devil on the shoulder. You know, do you stick with your humanity or do you try and like be progressive and be like, mm. I could be the one that sets the robot free. You know, um, it, it's just. I don't know, it's meant to be thought-provoking and just, oh, I really like it. And everything looks looks cool, and it's also slightly off-putting, like something is wrong, but you don't realize it. Yes. Something just feels off the whole time. Yes. Oh, yeah. The cinematography was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about it. Um... Really, just all—all all in all, great, great picture. Uh, I would say I would give it a nine point five. That movie is solid. The only point five I don't have is could be chalked up to my ignorance of film and just not understanding some shit. But as far as what I know and what I saw, I'd give it a nine point five. I'd give it a nine point five as well. Um, yeah. I think so many. It's a slow burn of realization at the end because you're like, oh shit, this and this and this. It took me like five to ten minutes after the film had totally ended to realize like, oh, she Mm -hmm. never even liked Caleb. Like there was no attraction. No. Well, she doesn't have the capacity Mm -hmm. to. That's the crazy thing. She wasn't ready. She was not ready for – she was not ready to be out in the world because, yeah, she kind of – she did it perfectly. Like, she faked it perfectly, but that wasn't the point, right? Wasn't the point to have her, like, genuinely feel? That was Nathan's not just point. Program? <laughs> that, that was Nathan's yeah. <laughs> goal. Um, I guess Ava's yeah. was to survive. Yeah, he even says at one point, Nathan yeah. says, like, do you think that she actually likes you, or do you think that you're just a means of escape? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh. Oh. And that was, that looked like the, at that moment, mm-hmm. Caleb was like, oh, fuck. Because that was, yeah. that was after he had already done everything. He had already done all the shit. And he Caleb drops does the... die, by the way. Caleb does <laughs> die? How? Yeah. He, it's meant to be, like, pointed out with the fact that Nathan owns so much land. Like, at the very start when they're on the helicopter, he's like, when do we get to that yeah. land that he owns? And he's like, we've been right. flying over it for, like, 20 minutes. And no one knows where the base right. is. Even the, the helicopter pilot can't go 
like within how many yeah. feet of where it actually is. So even the, the pilot doesn't know yeah. where it is. And like no one comes back. And there's a lot of theories of like everything was planned. And like that's why Ava was allowed at the end because they were just like, there you go, she did it. So mm-hmm. like, but it, it really is just wow. how the viewer interprets it because I don't think that everything was planned. I just think that like she planned bits and then Nathan planned bits. And... They might have planned bits together. I see a beautiful question on Reddit that says, if Nathan always right. wanted to her, if Nathan always wanted Ava to manipulate Caleb in order to escape. How was he planning on getting that to happen without the power cuts, which were out of his control? How are the other two going to plot against him in private otherwise? So they might have gotten together and plotted the, uh, plotted the power cuts. It's, it's one of... Why did she kill Nathan? That's the thing. Like, why? If they were kind of in it together. Because he was an asshole. (laughs) Sure, he was an asshole, but why did you have to kill him? Because he had killed her, in essence, time and time again. It was it was told in this film that, like, yeah, every new couple of iterations gets a new body. You know, none of them looked like Ava until Ava, but the brain yeah. only gets reformatted and built upon. You're not going to make something completely new. You're going to take what you right. have, and you're going to fix the parts that need to be fixed. She had been killed by Nathan... A million times, and Ava understood as an AI that if she didn't pass whatever tests or what have you, or if, you know, even if she had passed the tests, if Caleb said she didn't, Nathan would have tore her ass apart. Ava knew that if she failed anything and Nathan wanted to make her better, even if he had done everything perfectly, Nathan's a perfectionist. He would have said, you know what, I'm taking you apart anyway, I'm making you better. She knew that she would never be Ava again. So... She just wanted to live. She yeah, wanted to escape. True. I think the whole, personally, I think the whole point of it oh, is man. that she is fully human. She has a full cognitive understanding of love and how to manipulate it and hate and how it fuels you. Because um, you're right. Why else would she yeah. kill? I feel like murder is a very, a very human thing to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's a film that beautifully well, creates so many questions. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, we're at a minute. We're, oh my god, we're at an hour twenty. We got to get to funny games. Uh, so do do we have any any other things to say about Ex Machina? I do not. Good film. I just think okay. I know we're talking about films, yeah, great yeah. but uh, this film like really inspired Detroit Become Human, which is one of our favorite games. That is true. That, so I just want to point that out. The whole like android human thing. Are androids alive? Yeah, that that that's. I don't know, Kristen. Do you know that game? I do not. I'm not familiar. Well, like the whole thing is is like these androids suddenly think that like believe that they're human and they feel emotions and everything, and then like they like march oh. in the middle of the street with like hundreds of androids, and like you have to kind of decide if they are actually feeling or if like Jeez. it's just a, a glitch in the program. But yes, this this film really greatly inspired. I just want to point that out. We'll talk about games sometime. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, we we will get there. Oh yeah. And we'll um, there. For sh- gosh, for X sure. is so gorgeous. I love A24 Studios, mm-hmm. and uh, that film was really, definitely really a great. nine point five for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dive in. So this was the film that I recommended. 
because I'm a film student and I needed a because I like a lot of films and I dislike a lot of films. I have a lot that I could point out. Like Juno's my favorite film, but it's also just a normal kind of film. Mm. There's some good aspects to it, and then it's like it's just a film. So I wanted one that everyone could kind of just sit and analyze. So I, I recommended Funny Games. And now I'm a different human being. <laughs> I'm not the same. So something in my so heart has drastically changed. So, <laughs> I think I already kind of mentioned this in passing. This film, the one that we watched, the 2007 version with Naomi Watts. Oh, she was wonderful. Oh, she was excellent. I love Naomi. Um, great, great, great girl. Um, is a shot-for-shot recreation of the 1997 Funny Games. Yes. There is a film of the same name published 10 years earlier. By the same person. By the same guy, with the same script, and every shot is the exact same throughout the entire film. They just recreated there it is in a, There's a compilation on YouTube that I made you watch after we finished the film. Oh, and it was gorgeous? Yeah, because it is... I've watched both versions. Um, I've watched the 2007 version a bit more, just because I think I like the, um, the actors better. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is exactly shot for shot. I'm not sure if the music's the same. I think it is, but I might be completely talking out my butt yeah um and then another thing i'll say is this christian uh let me let me read this directly off the wikipedia because i think you had an excellent question which was why (laughs) yep that's a that's an excellent question fucking why why the the director states that the entire film was not intended to be a horror film he says he wanted to make a message about violence in the media by making an incredibly violent but otherwise pointless movie. Yep. That That's the, the film school analysis of it, is the entire film is just a commentary on violence. I think I've got a lot to talk to like say about this film. I'm ready to listen just to it because I, I've heard it. Yeah. And, and I'm excited for Christian to hear because I definitely think it's going to make you look at yeah, this film you, differently, Christian. Yeah, because you watch it and you're very just like, okay. And then you like, yeah. It just, the film manipulates you, which I think is incredible that they managed to actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of films try to make you like side with the bad guy, but it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. But like, they didn't make these people redeemable at all. No, I now have a, a perpetual fear of golfers. Thank you. <laughs> my parents live on a golf course. I can't ever visit my parents yep. again. So let me start with this little fun tidbit. Uh, what are their names, the golfers? You're talking about my parents. I was like, why? why you... The golfers. What's their address? Are... <laughs> What's their social security number? My... <laughs> the... Okay, so it's Paul and Peter, yes? No. Well, now I'm gonna die <laughs> what so so Dude calls him tom once or a couple times and tubby and beavis in true form you don't know the names in true form you don't know their names because why would they give their names to any right. type of person they planned on killing just in case any ever did escape awesome they don't know if you had to describe oh in this Wonderful. suburban neighborhood near a golf course there was a there was a young lad who was uh, a golfer that's the best way I can describe him. A blonde young man. Do you know how many people fit that description? So they didn't use their real names. There was Tom and Jerry, Beavis Maybe. and Butthead, um, T- 
Tubby, which re- really isn't one of a, a nickname as much as it is an insult. And then um, Pete Rumpole. Which comes from a nursery rhyme, which yep. here is different, but over yeah. there it's... It's like two little dicky birds sitting on a wall, one named Peter, one named right. Paul. Fly away, Peter, fly away, Paul. Like... Come back, Peter, come back, Paul. Yeah. Here we have, uh, I think, two blackbirds sitting on a hill, one named Jack and one named Jill. So um... and That's where Peter and Paul came from, because there was a lot of confusion with the American audience. We're like, okay, I get Tom and Jerry, I get Beavis and Butthead, why are Pete and Paul? Are those the actual names? It's like, no. I thought it had something to do with, like, biblical... No. It's no. it's it's a, it's a nursery rhyme, and uh, I like that. Uh, seeing as how she gave us the film, I, I want you to go through, because it's unfair. You told me these things as they yes, happened. We, we analyzed real time. Mm-hmm. Christian went in blind. Yes. He stayed blind till the end. That's why I think he doesn't like it. Bruh, I thought it was a comedy for 30 minutes. (laughs) I thought it was a comedy. I'm clipping so hard and I don't even care. I thought it was a comedy for 30 minutes. And then they hit the dude with the golf club. I was like, is that supposed to be funny? Because it's really kind of mean. And then I was like, oh my God. I looked it up. I was like, oh, this is a psychological horror. What the fuck? Then they killed the dog. I'm so... Go ahead, Mimi. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's like, when do you want to stop? Okay, so um, I want you to start with um, the lingering shots and what they leave you wanting. Okay. Um, so obviously at the start with the gate, it's more like an establishing shot. Mm-hmm. And also, like you see the gate a lot in the film of people not being able to get over a very easy-to-get-over gate. Mm-hmm. So it li- it just lingers on there because it's like I think it's also the last time it closes. Mm-hmm. So like you see it close for the final time because they they escape on the end uh, at the end on the lake and everyone else cuts through the side fence. So the big fet like the big gate that's the last time it it closes. Um, later on, uh, the I think the longest shot is like twenty minutes, twenty fifteen minutes. And it's like, um, it's the one after the kids died and it's horrible and they've left. And it just, it's a very boring scene of just them getting up and kind of just moving to the kitchen and trying to discuss what they're doing. And the reason they do that is because they want you to want the bad guys to come back because there's no entertainment when they're not there. It's true. There's, there's. Oh my God, that's right. It is the most boring part of the film. And, like, the whole time Jim was like, when are they going to come back? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I know they have to come back because we've got 30 more minutes left in this movie. They have to come back at some point. Why was I rooting for them to come back? Because they were the only entertaining part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so... So, Christian, you're going to look at this entirely differently knowing that this is a commentary on violence. Yes, another... um shot that stays is after the kid dies uh, the shot on the t- like the TV oh the lingering it shot of just watching TV, NASCAR <laughs> watching NASCAR and it's just blood like covered splattered. in blood yeah. and it's because you want to see as a, like it's a horrible part of you you don't want to accept that it's a part of you that kind of wants to see the violence oh my god um, in fact the only violence you see in and, the film is the guy getting shot and ho- that's not even real holy fuck and that's why it was on fucking NASCAR because NASCAR the whole point of fucking NASCAR is for people is to watch fucking car crashes that's why like mm-hmm. so many people watch it is the desire for a car crash to happen even though you don't really want it to happen it's still the exciting part yeah. uh, exciting part of NASCAR you um when when they What's shoot the kid, that? you don't see it. You focus on the guy in the kitchen making a sandwich. Oh my god! 
I wanna, I wanna, I wanna dig into what you're saying right now. I'm about to shit my pants. So, she makes an excellent point. I'm sweating. They I'm killed the sweating. dog off screen. They did. You, you. Yeah, the only did. way that you know that it happened or is suspicious. He that stops it happened, barking. He takes the golf club, goes outside to practice, and then they're on the boat. And all of a sudden, the dog stops barking, and that's it. That's the only indication. Other than when they find the body, like fifteen minutes later. I knew immediately. I heard the dog start barking. I went. Well, I told you. I went, can you hear that he's yeah, not say, doing yeah. it anymore? I pointed it out to you. But, but I, by then, I'd imme- no, immediately, dog stopped barking. Point no. five. I was oh, like, dog's God. dead. <laughs> um, well, it's because I knew it was a horror film, and as soon as I saw the dog, I went, oh, look, dead dog. Yeah, yeah you knew. <laughs> you knew it was a horror film. So, you don't see the dog die. You see the golf club up. You see the golf club down. You see the father, George, hit the ground. You don't see the actual hit. You don't see the the impact. Of when they hit his knee. You see the neighbor dead on the bathroom floor. You right. don't see them die. The kid gets yeah. shot. You see his blood splattered on the TV. No. You see his body on the floor, but you don't see him get shot. Imagine somebody listening to this who has not seen the movie. Yes. That's it's... why we said at the beginning, you want to understand? Yeah. <laughs> Please go watch the film. Or at There's... least just look up like a couple of scenes that will point it out. Of the things that we're talking about. Mimi has made the point. The only violence you actually see for the entire film is one of the golfers gets shot and that didn't even happen. Yeah, what was that? Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't want to say edging. but that's, No, 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 that's no, no. I, I, I almost felt no, myself... but that's what the film wants you to do. You want to go... You... You know, even Christian, his reaction to when it happened was like, oh my god, yes, you know, we love a female lead, we, like, you know, she's <laughs> killed him, come on, you've got this, and then they just, they rewind it and they go, uh-uh, you, you don't get the gratification. You celebrated a murder. Yeah. It's a commentary on violence. You celebrated a murder. Yeah, it might have been justified, yeah, justified, he was an asshole, yeah. but he was shot through the chest and you cheered. Mm-hmm. And then they just rewind well, it. Hard. They rewind it because they don't want you to have the gratification of one, you know, them winning uh-huh. and having a small victory in this, and two, like being finally able to see some violence on screen. They just rewind it and go, "No, that's not how this story happens. You're silly. You think that happens? No." He said, "Let's go for take two. This time we'll try for Olympic gold." Mm-hmm. Um, you were kind of shook that they uh they do break the fourth wall twice in this film. Three times. Three times. Well, three times, including the rewind. Yes. Three times at the end. Oh, yeah, four. Okay, so the final yeah, shot is him looking directly at the that? camera. Mm-hmm. There's the rewind, and then there's the two right. bits where he's talking to the family, looks into the camera, and goes, get all of these fuckers. <laughs> yeah. So, like... Yeah, because it, it, it is meant to be, you know, and they do comment on things that actually happen. When he turns to you and he says, oh, you, you're on these guys' side? Okay. Because after that, they have the, the long scene, and then you're yep. waiting for them to come back. They're teasing you and being like, you're not going to be on their side for long, because it's going to be so boring when it's just them. I don't want to talk about edging either, but... <laughs> it's a weird word to but, say. <laughs> but think about it, because Christian made this point at the end of his um, little little uh, commentary bit. Mm-hmm. All of it. the The golf club to the knee of George. The shooting... Like an eight-year-old kid through the chest or the head. We never know. Mm-hmm. All of the violence and the torture and the psychological terror. Our lead 
character's death lasted 1.5 seconds. She was pushed off a boat. Yep. That's yeah. it. That's the end of the film. That's, 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 that's sent, the huge victory. I sent, yeah, I sent y'all a video. I was like, that's it? Yep. After that's the guns and clubbing and psychological torment and strip for me and dance and, you know, bagging a child's head. After all of these things, the, the ultimate, not penultimate, this is the very last kill of the film. I just push her off a boat. Yeah, and uh, you talking about the kid with his face covered as well, that's the whole reason why you don't see her nudie. She takes all her clothes off in that scene, but you don't see any of it because the kid's face is covered. Yeah. Why would you need she to does. see it? But everyone goes, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking the clothes off. <laughs> ooh, Naomi Watts. You know, because in a lot of horror films, they like then pan out and you see everything and then they're like, okay, there you go. That a lot was, of that horror films have movies. For the film. A lot of, a lot of but they were just like, and then they, and then afterwards they're like, okay, you can put your clothes back on. And grandma yeah. ass. And grandma oh, grandma ass. ass. That's that's fair. <laughs> and a lot of grandma ass. But yeah, I, the most surprising thing I think is the fact that the the horrible psychotic people go, okay, now you can put your clothes back on. We just wanted to see. Yeah. Because yeah. That, that's how people treat actors in like. I mean, I'm thinking back in like old slasher films where like yeah, Friday the Thirteenth leaders in their bras running about locker like, room scenes. Yeah. Because it's like, okay. The opening scene of Carrie. Yeah, okay. And then now you can put your clothes back on and we'll continue with the horror film. Yeah. That was another commentary of theirs. Mm hmm. They covered the kids' face because they were like, kids watch horror Crazy films. Fuck. Why should kids want to, like, have to uh, see tits? Fuck. Let's cover his face. I'm, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm new. I'm a new person now. <laughs> Old Christian doesn't exist and will never exist. Pre-Funny Games Christian is dead yeah. forever. Post-Funny Games Christian scares me. I don't know mm -hmm. what to do. I don't think mm -hmm. I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot the... of things about that film. Like the very start when they're talking to their friends and their friends are acting weird. You can see the two of them, like the two golfers with them. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I th that happened and I was like, that was kind of funny. At the, at the start, like with... They're like being really weird, like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess I can golf tomorrow. Yeah, it's because they're already being held hostage. And then that's the house that the kid runs to and you find out they're dead because they already killed them and moved on to the next house. That's why they were so awkward at the beginning. The, I love um, that. The egg thing, where they go to the house and he asks for eggs, and mm -hmm. then at the very end, he that's asks for thing. eggs. That's the whole ploy. Yeah, that's... The, they literally, like, they kill. It is funny, though, throughout the whole thing. They're just like, you know... You could have just given me the eggs. And she's given them, like, two loads of eggs already. And she's like, just, yeah. ah, just leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just on IMDb right now looking at, like, facts. Like, during the film, uh, Paul breaks the fourth wall and speaks to the audience. He has the ability to not only speak to the audience, but even rewind when he's unhappy. This shows that he's always in control. Uh, according to Naomi Watts, the only suggestion that the director accepted from the actors was that Anne got undressed earlier than she did in the original movie. And the director agreed with Watts that this would make Anne even more vulnerable. Uh, let's see here. Tim Roth has said that, and I think Tim Roth played George. Tim Roth has said that making this film abused him and he'll never watch okay. it. He said that he was particularly disturbed because Devin Gearhart, who is the boy, the boy. resembled his own son. Oh, why would they do that? <laughs> why would they do that? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a lot of things. It's a thing that, like, you know, 
the first thing they do is make the the dad unable to do anything because they break his knee. Yep, from the so very then beginning, the whole he can't time do shit. torture because yeah. he can't do anything. Yep, that's the torture is the helplessness. Because mm-hmm. uh, the whole time I was going, I was basically just like, "Hey, come on, it's just a bum knee. Please do something." <laughs> but nothing, absolutely nothing, no satisfaction mm-hmm. at all. Of just like that typical thing that happens at like, oh, all of a sudden his knee is fine and he can get up and defend nope. his family. Nope. None of that. Never. Not once. And like you said, when he eats the bread, he picks up a whole baguette, uh, takes a bite yeah. out of it, and then spits it out. He he doesn't even finish it. Spits it out! <laughs> oh, for me, what does it for me is uh, in that like 15, 20-minute long shot after the son died, about eight or nine minutes into it when Anne gets up, goes over to the TV, turns it off, hops over to the husband, gets her bindings off, only then... The sound he makes when he cried yes. broke me. Oh, That, that was wasn't rough. just like a cry. That was worse than a sob. I can't put it into words. That mm-hmm. sound yeah. is haunting. It's really funny, though, because yeah. uh, fun fact about this horrible film is the two guys who played the antagonists are actually really nice guys, oh. and they're lovely, and they hated making this film. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Because they were just because now everyone I don't know what else they've really been in yeah but like everyone who's seen the film fucking hates them because they're <laughs> so horrible I I love them I thought that they were yeah. really entertaining really good yeah they, oh, they were incredible so well. they were and just incredible the thing is, like, you know we found it confusing to watch it imagine them just reading the script and going like but they've already got two sets of eggs why yeah. do they want eggs <laughs> like but, yeah, and it's, it's also oh, a film that not a lot of people watched. It's true, I've never heard of this film. I don't know if that's good or well, bad. Well, the thing is, you know, a lot of people haven't even heard of this film, and there is two of the exact same film, and no one's heard of them. It came out twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so uh... Nice it came out twice. I don't know. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I just... Yeah, I, I really like it, because I think it is just a... <laughs> big commentary on what we expect from films mm-hmm. and it completely turns it on its on its head mm-hmm. because like like yeah. i said especially with um jim watching it it was like okay i'm siding with the family oh but the family's boring okay now i'm gonna side with the the bad guys okay but the bad guys are pretty bad and it's yeah, like okay i'm with the so family bad. again they're so bad you can't take their you just can't take their side but then when it's like oh my god another a 15 minute shot of just her trying to get up jesus and that's a that is a, a yeah, and that's a long shot. That's not yeah. there's no cuts in that. And it's the, just a long shot of her just trying to get up. And then another ten to fifteen minutes of like, oh, uh, the phone's not working. Should I go? Uh, try the phone again. Let's try a blow dryer. Let's try fucking drying it off with a towel. Let's do something else to the phone. It's like, oh my god, just leave. And then like the, why did she hide from the first car? Why did she hide from that one? Because she thinks it's them. And then as they drive past, she realizes that's not my car that they stole. That's a different car. <sighs> hey, you should help me. But yeah, the, in the whole 25 minutes of that long shot and when they're in the kitchen and everything, there is no music. Yeah, no. It's so boring. Exactly. So then you go, I really want those guys to come back. Like, I remember watching it in college and everyone was so bored. And then as soon as the golf ball, like, rolled onto the scene, everyone went, oh, thank God. They were like, yes, they're back. And it's horrible to think about because, the, because that's the, what the film wants you to do. It wants you to feel horrible for, like, wanting these terrible people back. Yeah. 
you know, you're looking forward to yeah. the big death at the end and they just push her off a boat and they're like, right, I want breakfast. Let's go to this next person and do what, you know. It's just completely... I remember watching it for the first time and just being like, what? Yeah, it's... And they pick such a horrible song. Yeah, what the for fuck? For both title cards. But it's meant to be... It was a piss take, which is like... I don't know how you say it. Taking the make piss take. I don't know. What would you say for it? Fuck you. Okay. It's a big fuck you to Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, because I don't know <laughs> if you've seen a lot okay. of Rob Zombie horror films. It's like has like a music video as like a title. Like yeah, yeah. I've seen I've, I've seen a lot of Rob Zombie. So it was meant to be, you know, they were listening to opera in the car and everything's so calm, and then it's just all of a sudden the title comes up and it's like he's just yelling down a, a mic and it's horrible. Yeah, that shit made me laugh. That shit made me actually laugh, and I was like, th- I'm excited. <laughs> this is going to be a really funny movie. <laughs> and then it happens at the end boy, when he oh boy, stares into the wrong. camera. Yep, it comes back. And, and. he's like, guess what's happening again. Can I can I use my fancy word you taught me? It's also used in the middle of the film as diegetic sound. So <laughs> What does that mean, Jim? Diegetic sound is essentially sound that is being made in the film that is understood to be happening in-universe. So at the beginning and at the end, yeah. it's not as though time is actually frozen and that song is playing in the distance. No, it's simply part of the soundtrack at the beginning and the end. It's like the Star Wars in the middle, bar scene. In the middle, with the kid alone in the house with the shotgun, wall to the back, that's that actually playing fun. in the background. Like, that's dead ass just actually playing in the back. Yeah. That's what digesting. The Di- biggest example is the the bar in Star Wars. The cantina. Yeah, they're band. all like they're all oh, playing. That's, a good one. that's yeah. diegetic yeah. sound. Yeah, you know what? All in all, um, <laughs> I don't know. I it's I honestly find it difficult to suggest this movie, just because it changes you. Yeah, it wasn't a film that I choose to watch. Watch this film. It's it's not a film that I go, hey, I'm bored. I should watch a film. Let's put on funny <laughs> yeah. games. Watch it tonight. But I think I, I, I wanted a film, especially for, for this episode of the podcast, like if we're talking about film, Watch a it film alone. that has a big message and like is very, you really just want to oh figure God. out what it's about. And Watch like, it with the lights off. <laughs> you really just want to um, analyze it. Can, next time, can we do comedies? <laughs> Please. No, yeah, because no, we're, we're going to do The Lighthouse. We're going to do The Witch. No. Summer, oh. We'll do if we can't just do an A twenty four episode. Please, I um, love A twenty four. Maybe in the future, but uh, we'll say you know what, Christian, we might do comedies because we have airplane already um lined up. We do. Oh, okay. We do. I know that we've like finished. Our oh my god, I love comedies. That's the that is the those are the movies that it's I so funny really really like, thoroughly enjoy watching. I, I love 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 comedies. I <laughs> I struggle. Comedies so are hard. really hard. Comedies what? Comedies are really hard to get right with me. Uh, I'm not. I feel like a dark person for saying that, but I hate rom coms. Like, oh my god, I love rom coms. Rom coms. (laughs) I love dramatic films. I love. I don't know. I love. I just love film. No, I like. Yeah, I like. I like dark, terrible films that no one. I feel like you can't. I feel like you can't enjoy a comedy if you are a film star. Oh yeah. It's the same as, like, if you're a comedian, it's not, I don't think it's you'd too, be able to watch them. It's too shallow. It's too shallow for, to, like, you can't, mm-hmm. there's nothing to the dig into. The films that I like are, like, stuff that, you know, you can take a screenshot of and it could be a piece of art. 
like the shining i love the shining because you can pause yeah. that at any moment and it could just be like mm. you know the set is a work of art the camera work mm. mm-hmm. like the acting is amazing the soundtrack so yeah, it's like that, that that's film. those are the sort of films that i like it doesn't have to be horror films it just has to be a film like i love fantastic mr fox and that's like a family feel-good film yeah but you could pause that at any time and you could be like wow <laughs> yeah that's oh, beautiful those are the sort yeah. of films that i like wicked and with that being said i think um like i said before i think there are definitely going to be points of this episode where it's like that's a little draggy oh yeah um so we're, we're probably going to end up editing a lot of stuff out but with an hour and 55 minutes or probably by the end i'm done babbling two hours of um episode i think it's going to make a hour and a half hour and 20 minutes we'll see but uh with that being said uh i hope you guys enjoyed we definitely think we're gonna have to come back to film next episode might not be about film we might not make movies part two immediately yeah i stretched it out a little bit yeah come, come back to it later um regroup so that we don't have to keep watching films with all of our weeks yeah uh just like we'll be doing with music we'll come back to music at some point but in the distant not maybe not distant future but in the future yeah we'll do music part two and then a movie's part two and then you know absolutely video games part four video games (laughs) so you know as always thank you so much for listening i would like to thank big time uh my wife mimi for um you know everything that she kind of helped yes. us put together she watched the films with me Wonderful she she brought funny Wonderful games job. into our lives so if you're gonna hate anyone hate her i'm sorry yeah, thank you <laughs> thank you so much for that no it's good it was a really great film so thank you genuinely it absolutely was and, uh, i'm glad i'm glad we had an expert on the podcast this week uh, this was that was very absolutely awesome. i think it's gonna be fun to, to have guests yeah. it's not gonna be fun to edit but <laughs> But thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, come back next week when we talk about who knows what. I think this is the first week where we're kind of leaving. I don't know. 